Dark Cast Network. The light shines brightest on our indie podcasts. Greetings, skeptics, believers, and paranormal thrill seekers to another episode of Through the Veil. This is a Thanksgiving-ish kind of special on Through the Veil. I'm your host, JD, who is dreaming about going into a turkey coma later this month. With Thanksgiving up ahead, I figured it, a nice settler's pilgrim story would be fitting. Crotone. One word carved into a wooden post. That is all that is left from the lost colony of Roanoke. We'll get into the story of the Roanoke settlement, its disappearance, and some possible theories on what happened to the colony right after this special message from another member on the Darkcast Network. Darkcast Network. The light shines brightest on our indie podcasts. Hey there, Rainbow Warriors. I'm CJ, host of Beyond the Rainbow, true crimes of the LGBT. My episodes focus on crimes committed by and against the LGBTQ community. I've covered cases you probably have heard of, such as Matthew Shepard, Brandon Tina, and the Orlando Pulse nightclub massacre, as well as some lesser-known cases like the murder of Ray Hainish, the Australian gay beat murders, and the suspicious disappearance of Lisa Lynn Stone. I cover cases brought to me by listeners like Penny Brummer, who I believe was wrongfully convicted, taboo cases such as lesbian corrective rape and murder in South Africa, and Pray the Gay Away camps. I discuss gay serial killers, women who pretend to be men to hook up with other women, and trans murders. I'm opinionated and uncensored, I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but surely I'm someone shot at tequila. No matter what your gender or orientation in life might be, please join me as I tackle rainbow crimes in search of unicorn justice. Remember, it's not a crime to be gay, unless you're a murderer. Welcome back, Spooklets, as we continue our story about the lost colony of Roanoke. The year is 1590, and John White, the governor of Roanoke at the time, is returning home from fighting a war that broke out as he arrived back in England for supplies. He had been gone for two years, and I'm sure he was looking forward to coming home to his wife and daughter, whom he'd left behind. He also left behind his granddaughter, who was noted as the first English born in America. Her name was Virginia Dare. The origin story of of the Lost Colony starts in August of 1587. A group of 115 English settlers arrived on Roanoke Island. This is off the coast of today's North Carolina. This was a second attempt by Sir Walter Raleigh and to establish an English settlement on the east coast of the New World, 
It is considered that three years before this, in 1584, Raleigh funded an expedition from Plymouth to America to even see if it would be possible to set up a colony. And in 1585, five ships sailed from Plymouth and were carrying the very first settlers. The year before, in 1586, Raleigh organized another expedition that allowed women and children aboard. Before this attempt at colonization, John White and his crew had to first sail through the West Indies. But no stops or trading were done, so there we can't blame the mysterious disappearance on anything surrounding that. Now it's interesting to note that the island wasn't their initial intention. The ship's captain, Simon Fernandez, refused to transport after they had stopped at Roanoke to look for men that were left behind a year prior by Sir Richard Greenville. They found no signs of the men, just the abandoned town that they would be made to call home. And in August of 1587, Mantillo, who was a Croatone Indian that became friendly with the settlers, became baptized there and was made a Lord of Roanoke and Dasamakepuk by order of Sir Raleigh. Perhaps this led to a betrayal later on. When just two years before, in 1585, they attempted to settle on the island but failed. The colonists wanted to get the first permanent English outpost in the New World. Now, we don't know much about the actual 115 men and women that were made up of the colony. We only know of John White's family, including his granddaughter Virginia, and the Croatone Indian that befriended them. We don't know their backstories or any other information about the rest of the colonists. This almost makes it super sad because it's like they all got erased from history, forever to be known as a lost colonist. That would be enough to make me want to haunt someone. Like, hello, I have a name. It's most likely John or William, but it's still a name. Remember, name gives something power. So back to John White in uh, 1587. That same year, John White was set to sail back to England to get more supplies. At the time he made it home, Queen Elizabeth I called on every ship available to take on the Spanish Armada. The naval war lasted two years. He was gone. This man left his family to go get supplies, and then the Queen was like, I need all ships to go fight the Spanish, and kept them there for two extra years years. Now another interesting story that I read surrounding White's long time away was that the Spanish Armada disrupted efforts to send people to Virginia. White attempted to get home in 1588 on two small vessels with 15 new settlers coming with him, but the ships were met with problems and returned home. In March of that same year, Raleigh reached an agreement with White and other merchants in London to put efforts of bringing new colonists over on better financial ground if Raleigh would grant trading rights to investors. And in 1590, when White was finally able to come home, he reached Roanoke by private vessel on August 18th, which would have been his granddaughter's third birthday. What he found was not a birthday celebration, however. There was no cake in sight. Upon return, he found nothing. Not an outfit, 
not a person, not an animal. All he found was a single word etched into a post. Crotone. He found a, a deserted colony, and the houses were so dismantled. The tree post that Crotone was cut into was built sometimes after he left. He decided that the colonists just abandoned the town without problem or under stress. He also found ruined things from chests he had left with the colonists and were buried. These chests were excavated by the Indians. Stormy seas and not having any help from sailing masters did not allow White to reach any further. Nobody had been able to find out what happened during those two years that John was gone. But if this was a prank, it was an epic one that lasted for hundreds of years. Now, Sir Raleigh claimed that he sent other people to find the colonists, but nobody could. And in present-day Jamestown, Virginia, there has been a lot of searching for the colonists beginning in the 17th century, but no luck has been able to unearth anything in that whole time. Tons of theories are out there as to what really happened to the colonists. A couple of the most popular theories are that Crotone was the name of an island just south of Roanoke, and this island was home to Native Americans whose tribe's name was, you guessed it, the Croatone. Maybe the colonists didn't vanish after all. A lot of people say that they met their death at the hands of pissed off Native Americans from North Carolina the uh, coastal plain area. Another theory is that they are mixed with the Lumbi Indians. Yet another theory says a disaster just took them out. But if that happened, then why did the town get dismantled? I just went through Hurricane Ian a few months ago, and yes, we had towns of Florida that got destroyed, but not dismantled as if by hand. Another theory states that maybe hostile Spaniards killed them and placed the blame on the uh, local Native Americans. Yet another says disease and or famine took them out. But let's start by exploring the word Croatone itself for a bit. What does it mean? The word I think is, is just shrouded in mystery by default simply because it's linked to the lost colony. The word simply means council town. Nothing special once you take its away, take away its association with Roanoke. Now let's not get this view confused with Roanoke, Virginia, which is a very real existing place today. In fact, as I was writing this, I got a scam call from Roanoke, Virginia today. Maybe we're on to something that uh, nobody wants us to be. That's right, Spooklets. Let's get out our tenfold hats. Our Roanoke is an island in North Carolina. It is now present-day Hatteras. And when the first colonists came to it, it was known as the Ocracoke Islands. So once we break down the meaning of the word, it really doesn't give it much power over anything. But regardless of the word, the people still existed. And this is very much still a case that haunts people and, and stumps critical minds to this day. As recent as November of 2020, archaeologists say they may have found out what happened 
They claimed that they found evidence that the colonists split into multiple groups and assimilated into the Native American population. This is plausible, to be honest, because they had a friendly uh, Native American with them. And wouldn't they turn to them in times of, of desperate need? Perhaps. Or perhaps this was the solution to saving themselves. The article says that they found a secret message on an old map, and the team from the First Colony Foundation, which is a North Carolina nonprofit that has dedicated themselves to finding the history of the Lost Colony, was able to say that it belonged in the correct time period. They also said they were able to uncover colonial-era pottery that they feel belonged to some of the Roanoke citizens. In 2012, researchers uncovered a new lead. They took a, a look at a map at the British Museum in London. This was painted uh, in the Elizabethan area, era, uh, entitled La Virginia Pars. Now on this map, hidden in invisible ink so that it was not able to be seen and, and hiding information about the colonies from the Spanish were outlines of two forts. One was 50 miles west of the Roanoke position the same distance away that the colonists told White they had planned to move. The first colony foundations team of archaeologists led by Nick Lucchetti went to a site in Bertie County, North Carolina in 2015. At this site there was no sign of a fort, but right outside the village wall they found two dozen shards of English pottery. They brought in-ground penetrating radar and found another site two miles away from this one. Could this be evidence of our lost colonists? There have been many other instances that both evidence of architecture from both the colonists and the Native Americans were found together as well as the different items each population would have used. So many, your great, great five times over Aunt Sarah really did come over in that colony, and you are a descendant of the Lost Colony. In December of 2019, at the other site, they found more fragments of ceramics from different parts of Europe. They came from vessels used for food preparation and storage. This suggests the presence of long-term residents. This, I believe, is the current running theory on what happened to them. I also after doing my research, personally believe this theory. The scientific and archaeological evidence supports the theory that they joined forces with the Native Americans and were living comfortably. Now remember earlier when I said that White was unable to look any further than the original destination due to stormy seas and the unwillingness of ship captains to go elsewhere. Perhaps then Crotone is not a threat but a message left for John. I guess back in the 1500s, you didn't carve, <clears throat> Dear John, we moved 50 miles east, see you there, on a tree post. And also in the 1500s, you didn't decide to pursue things further. It was a shrouded mystery, and that's the way we like it. Like any good theory goes, there are also alternative explanations. The experts also take into account that these things may have been left over from Jamestown settlers in 1607, as the time frames are not too far off to be implausible. Lucchetti is confident, though, that this is where Roanoke went, 
He says this because of the lack of English pipes. Now, as silly as it sounds, he may be onto something. The residents of Jamestown had English pipes all over. I guess even they enjoyed a good smoke to settle the nerves. Of course, with any good evidence comes a person who likes the mystery and wants to keep it going. Charles Ewan, who is an archaeologist at East Carolina University, told Nat Geo that they are looking to prove rather than seeking to disprove their theory. Basically, he says you're doing it wrong, and that's not the way, so you can't possibly be accurate. So now you can see why Crotone might just have been a note left for White's return, so he knew where to find his family. John was just too dumb to understand that that's where they went and started saying they were missing. Perhaps this was his way of getting out of being governor. Pretty sure he could have just quit, though. Now, in the research, I stumbled across an interesting site that provided a bunch of crazy theories on what happened. I'm going to go through them, and, when we, and we're going to have some fun exploring them. Some of these are plausible, and some are outlandish. And either way, I'm here for it. The first theory was they realized that they were in bad circumstances when White left and decided to sail back home to England. They ended up lost at sea. Now let's stop on this theory for, for a minute. I didn't find any other research outside of this website. It is honestly the first time I've heard anything about them attempting to sail back home to England. It makes sense though that they might have attempted to head home, the colonists that is, but it also doesn't because if they are already low on supplies, a month's long voyage would not have made sense for them, especially with newborns. I couldn't find anything else on this other than from the site I looked at. The theory for me doesn't hold water because of all of the above reasons that I listed. Sorry folks, but I just don't believe that the colonists, after White left, got on a boat Besides, we would have probably found the wreckage by now, and I'm almost positive we would have, as they probably wouldn't have got that far out on their own. The next one is actually a very popular theory, that the battle between Spain and England at the time came across to America. It wouldn't seem too far off because Spanish soldiers were coming across to Florida already. The group could have met hostile Spaniards, and without anyone else to defend them or report them as dead, the Spaniards wiped them out. But again, why the word on the tree? Also, this theory doesn't make sense either because there is no evidence of struggle, no raid or anything showing evidence that anything was taken. I don't think the Spaniards would then have dismantled the houses like John found them. This theory is one that I honestly just I just must call the, the BS on it. Sorry, folks. If you're one of the Spaniards did it, thought process fanboys, it just doesn't do it for me. The next theory is, is a, another wildly popular theory that I personally believe that has some stock as well. The colony suffered from a fatal infectious disease. We all know that Europeans brought death and disease with them across the water when we came to the Americas. And we are horrible people for passing those infectious diseases on to the natives. 
it is no secret that colonists brought a ton of diseases over from England, we just established, it would not have been uncommon if one took them out. After all, it was a small colony and infection would have spread so fast. The reason I give this theory some merit is because we have reports from various Native American tribes who were in the, in the area that were said to have seen the colonists fighting with itself. This means that perhaps a plague that caused mental disturbances and paranoia took place. Let's explore this one a bit more. English settlement settlers brought with them things like the flu, smallpox, measles, typhus fever, yellow fever, malaria, and of course, the Black Death itself. Now, most of these diseases are not seen today, and even the flu is about a, it's just about a week of feeling nasty and run down. Some theorists say that if they did die of a disease, it wouldn't have been the measles because it had a lower fatality rate, even with populations who weren't used to catching it. Yellow fever wasn't brought to the New World until the 17th century, so that is ruled out, as is the malaria, because the winter was coming and the colonists supposedly disappeared, so mosquitoes would have been ruled out. Now, I read a book um, on historical archeology, span which is where I got the information on the diseases. Now, according to the book, Typhus fever wouldn't have been a subject either because it is a body louse-borne disease, and both Native Americans and Europeans were victims. The symptoms of this nasty little bug would be jaundice, black vomit, prostration, and skin eruption. This is pretty gross, so I'm positive that they would have had some kind of evidence they died of some type of disease that you would have seen graves or, or even human remains if everyone died that quickly you would have seen something from this. This leaves us with the Black Death. This is, to me, one of the most plausible theories, as well as something that probably happened to some extent. According to the same book, the plague is something else Europeans would have had a recognition of the signs, as well as built an immunity to it. An epidemiologist, Henry R. Carter, said that he felt confident that there was never a plague in America before the 1800s. Well, wait, J.D., I thought you said this was one of your favorites and you supported this theory. I do, and it's always good to look at things from the other side. I also do my research because our handy books like to fuel the mystery of dispelling every piece of evidence. According to the Historical Archaeology Journal in 1994, an article called Contact and Contagion, the Roanoke Colony and Influenza, the American Indian population among Virginia's eastern shores succumbed to a European outbreak of disease and had a devastating loss in population. This took place between the time of Roanoke settlers came to America and Jamestown. This leads me to believe that not only did Roanoke colonists bring it, spread it, and they themselves were overtaken, there is some evidence that lends credibility to this claim. Everyone knows the story of Pocahontas, right? No folks, she's not just a Disney princess, she was a real person. And if you remember the story correctly, you know about John Smith. In the early 1600s, he arrived in what is now Jamestown. 
He was eager to find out more about his Native American friends across the region of the Chesapeake Bay. Not a thing to keep in mind is that the colonists of Roanoke liked to winter there. Once he got the tribal leader to listen, he told Smith of an epidemic-like affliction. He called it a strange uh, mortality that affected a great deal of his people, but few escaped. Smith said that since the disease was strange and something the native population had never experienced, they did not know how to treat it, causing a large mortality rate. Now, academics believe that this was caused by the Roanoke colonists in the winter of 1585 into the new year of 1586. The reason we can probably confidently say that this was what took out the colonists was that it corresponded with the start of the decline with the American native Indian population. It is easy to put those two together. Perhaps the people trusted the friend they made with the Crotone tribe, and he took them to his people for assistance and in doing so ended up costing them not only their lives, but the lives of these Native Americans as well. Sometimes it doesn't pay to help a friend out if it means risking your own health and safety. We'll go into more theories as soon as we hear from this Darkcast podcaster. Stay with us. If you like Weird and Strange History then I have the podcast for you. My name is Brenda, and I'm the host of Horrifying History. Are you into the dark side of history? Horrifying History tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We talk about the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, cursed items, and unsolved mysteries, and then we look into the science and documentation to see where does the truth actually lie. Want to get spooky with us? Get your horrifying history fix by subscribing to Horrifying History, which you can find on any major podcast provider. Another theory, and this one honestly makes me laugh just a little bit, you know, just thinking about it, is that the colonists resorted to cannibalism. Now, I'm not saying that this didn't happen as they did find evidence of one instance of cannibalism in Jamestown, according to the Smithsonian Magazine. Now, I can imagine why maybe research decided that this must be one of the ways the colonists are unalived. Maybe in those harsh winters before Smith returned, it got to be too much, and they had to start taking themselves out to survive with each passing day, their population growing smaller, and smaller until the last one died of starvation. Donner party of six, anyone? I'm not saying it's not plausible, but I can't imagine that would have gotten to the point where over a hundred people were wiped out because of no food at all. Now, anytime I can tie in a Wendigo story, you know I'm going to do it. Yeah, I know you're asking yourself, JD, how is a Wendigo stumbling into my lost colony? I said what I said. This is a story straight from Native Americans. Remember Swift Runner? It ties in with cannibalism, though. Because if you remember, according to Wendigo lore, a person who commits an act of cannibalism could become a Wendigo themselves. And if that's the case, of course they were not lost. 
They are wandering those woods as Wendigos still today. Now this next one I found makes a little sense why Croatone would be found carved in the post. The tribe extruded them as witches. This tribe did believe that witches could have been a man or a woman, and so nobody was safe from the sentence. I've never heard of this one before, to be honest, and it really doesn't hold a lot of weight uh, to it, especially given the fact that one of their own was held in high regard in the colony. The only information I found was that the Native Americans saw them as witches, or that witches were hiding in the mainland, enchanted them, and then killed them. I think this is one of those left field fun to think about, but nobody takes seriously theories. So if we pause, we have gone over multiple theories and we still have a couple more to go. That's all there is about Roanoke though, is theories. As much as someone claims to really know what has happened to the lost colony, some claim they were never lost and we just didn't really listen to where they went to. That is the fun though in today's episode is entertaining the theories and really just seeing which one makes the most sense or gives us the biggest giggle. So, let's move on. And I'm only putting this in here because my wife laughed so hard she almost woke our kids up. <clears throat> they transformed into trees. You heard me the first time. I didn't stutter and your ears weren't flapping. They transformed into trees. The only factual evidence someone wanted to put behind this was the word crotone being etched into one of the trees on the island. Here goes people's fear of a word and their imagination running wild. The tribe now has, some mysti- has somehow mystically turned all of the colonists into trees. For what purpose in a serious pot and kettle situation, if this one were to be especially true since they believed allegedly that the colonists were witches? While we are on to crazy theories, we can't have a good mystery without an alien abduction theory. There is zero proof to back this up and never has been any proof, but honestly, do we ever really need proof? to dive into the crazy hole when it comes to alien abductions. Some say that the lack of bodies or large graves rules out that the colonists died at all. They say the British Museum has a hidden symbol below it because it indicates an alien landing site or crop circle and that the colonists were trying not to get caught and keep something hidden. Of course, every argument has a good counter-argument. And while this one I found on Parlia.com says, Aliens are not real, we know otherwise. Right, folks? The only thing that makes sense is that 115 people would not have made any sense. If we know anything about abductions, it's that aliens generally only take one or two at a time, and they don't keep us like that. Plus, I think that the time frame someone would have wanted someone else to know. Before we go researching, I found what looks like a stage play happening between June and 
in August of the next year called The Lost Colony. It says it's a refreshed stage production of Paul Green's symphonic drama. It will be taking place in Winters, uh, excuse me, Waters Hyde Theater and Fort Raleigh National Historic Site in Mantillo, North Carolina, which I th- which I'll link for you to sky uh, for you guys in my show notes. Ticket sales started on November the 13th. So if you're in the area and are or planning a trip next year, here's some entertainment for you. I'm pretty sure my wife will want to go, but once she looks up some things and sees it's a stage play, probably a musical, she'll change her mind. But hey, maybe we'll live a little and go. Well, that wraps up the theories on Roanoke, and while I personally feel they just mingled in with other Native Americans as evidence from their time frame has been found at other Native American settlements to show that they were living side by side. It's not like there were so many other English settlers in that time frame to confuse their stuff with someone else's. I want you to form your own opinion, though. And if you have something that wasn't on the list, feel free to message us on Instagram, Twitter, or through the website, throughtheveilpodcast.com. Now, on to plan my Thanksgiving menu and figure out what to entertain my kiddos with while they're out of school for a week. How many hand turkeys do we really need running around the house? So listen, folks, that will do it for the Lost Colony of Roanoke. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And if you like what you hear on Through the Veil, feel free to give us that thumbs up five star review and refer us to a friend. If you'd like to show your support, you can do so by clicking the support link in the show description. Or you can support us by going to our website, throughtheveilpodcast.com, and click on the support us page, and there's information of how you can support us there as well. A couple things I want to do before I completely sign off here tonight is I want to give a shout out to my listeners in Sweden. Uh, I see you. And I want to give a shout out to my wife, Heather, uh, without whom this podcast would have fallen off the bandwagon. Um, She helps me out. She does a little bit of writing here and there, and she keeps me on my toes. So let's give her a a good round of applause. And I just want you guys to know that this Thursday we'll be doing our film review of the Evil Dead series, and I hope you join it for us. So this is JD asking you to stay safe, stay healthy, and keep an open mind.